can it be the end of an era already? Tony just got back and he's already on his way out the door. What? This is why I set the levels every week. It's week 40 of this week in film. What? 4 0. That's, yeah, 40. 40 is the new 30. Yep. That's what they say. I'm. Hey. (laughs) Take six. It's the weekly podcast where we get together, talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Ray Radominki, and for the last time again, Tony LeBoy. Hey, guys. It's great to be back. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Tony. See you later. I'll see you guys. It's been real. You've been on three episodes since your triumphant (laughs) return. Mm -hmm. It's time to move on. Hey, guys. I'm always welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Well, now that that's out of the way, Tony, what's... Update, baby. (laughs) What the hell is that? (laughs) It's an update. Unsolved Mysteries update. (laughs) We don't have the rights to that. (laughs) Well, it was only for 15 seconds. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so... Update. (laughs) What I watched this week was Hell or High Water, which Ray has previously talked about. Yes. So... Great to get another perspective on it. Yeah. It's going to be great. I well, wait. Do you guys want to do spoilers, not spoilers, for Hell or High Walter? <laughs> Hell or High Walter. Okay, so we're just going to riff on that for a couple minutes. No, Walter uh, got really high. <laughs> <laughs> then he crashed and went to hell. Any of you guys got a towel? <laughs> Don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Hell or High Water, um, to me... It was the perfect mix of No Country for Old Men and The Town. Yes. That's a very good uh, very good way to put it. Uh, ben Foster. Oh, right. Super inflated Ben Foster. Right. Yeah, dude. Chris Pine? Yeah. And Jeff Bridges. Right. Was this a Coen Brothers? No. no. It kind of feels like it, though. Yeah, bit. it does. Just a tiny All right. bit. All right. A little bit too raw, gritty for, for Coen Brothers, but it's 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 good, though. Um so I'll just do a quick summary. Uh, two brothers, their mother dies. Two brothers. two brothers. No, their mother dies, and then tomato cats. Ben Foster comes back from prison, which you later find out that he killed their abusive father. So the mother dies, and their, her house is being foreclosed, which sucks. But it sucks worse because they're really poor, and they found oil on the mother's farm, like on the land. And the bank is foreclosing on it, and they don't have the money to keep it. So their solution is to rob the bank that's go- that, that they owe the money to and to pay them back with their own money. Genius. G- genius. You just explained that movie way better than I did when I first <laughs> talked about it. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah, I, just, I was all over the place when I first talked about it. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> And then, you know, Jeff Bridges is the hardened old uh, sheriff who's at the end of his road. and He plays got, that part perfectly. Yeah, he's got one last... It's like uh, his only act anymore. He just plays a grizzled old Western yeah, guy. It was basically like... Uh, I keep wanting to say his name was Labeef in True Grit, <laughs> but that wasn't it. He just kept saying Labeef. <laughs> that was Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon was Labeef. <laughs> but 
Anyway, La I'll beef. just refer to uh, Jeff Bridges as Rooster, Beef. Rooster Cogburn? Yeah. Yeah, Rooster Cogburn. Is that, is that, that it? That's the John Wayne character. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Bridges is like the, ret- he's about to retire and these guys keep robbing this, uh, these banks and he wants to, you know, catch him. So, uh, no, I, I loved it. I thought it was like, it was pretty fast moving. Um, I liked the, it was like an updated type of Western. Yeah. So I thought like it was real cool how like, you know, they kind of, their plan was to basically go from town to town, like in the same day. So like they started in the morning, hit a bank, went across to another town, hit another bank, like before the cops even had a chance to figure out what was going on. And they're all, they're robbing the same, the same branch, same, same branch. Yeah, right. Or not branch, or, or same, same uh, company, company. Yeah, same bank. Tex- West Texas yeah. Loan Trust, whatever. So they keep robbing the same bank, and then they're. Their plan is to go to the casino and launder the money. So they basically just hang out there. Um, And by no surprise, Ben Foster is the crazy brother. (laughs) So he goes out of control a couple times, which is awesome because he plays that role perfectly. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, if you're into, you know, if you love No Country for Old Men and you like heist movies and stuff like that, I think it's the perfect mix. It doesn't, uh, the the bank scenes are like pretty real, I oh, feel yeah. like, because there's that element of like where, you know, they're pretty like intense, but at the same time, like they have no, like. They've never done this before. Yeah, they're not like professional bank robbers. So like they're kind of just like winging it. So that always adds like a, a, a piece of, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like a like a little uncertainty. Um, What'd you think of uh, Jeff Bridges and his partner? I like I like that. Oh, dude, that was a great little. um, They had great banter back and forth. Yeah, uh, because his partner couldn't wait for him to retire, (laughs) and uh, they're just going back and forth the whole time. And Jeff Bridges, like, it's it's definitely like a love hate relationship. You could tell they're tight at some points. But through a little most racist the, for against like Native Americans. Oh yeah, and, like my favorite line in the whole movie is like he's he keeps killing him and killing him because he's he's Native American, and then he's like, you know, I'm half Mexican too, and he's like, yeah, I'll get to that when I'm done with the Indian <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah, those two I thought were great together. Yeah, it was fantastic, and um, yeah, it was it, it was pretty fast moving too. So uh, definitely definitely recommend it. Right, you have anything to add from from your last review of it? Anything? No, no. I, I like like I said, Tony explained it way better than I did. Um, I have a tough time sometimes explaining stuff. Um, but no, I I loved it. I love I love heist movies. So like anything yeah. that involves stuff like that was good. And like like Tony said, it was it was cool that it was like an it was like a western, but it was it took place in present day. So that they had a lot of those themes in there about like banks stealing money, you know, yeah, holding people by the balls and stuff like that. Awesome, uh, awesome part of the uh, of their plan was uh, I thought so they they jump in these like beat cars oh, and yeah, yeah. like they're just beaters. They rob a couple banks to them. They drive them back to their uh, ranch. their ranch and they just drive them right into a ditch and, and they have them. a bulldozer and they just bury them. They just pour pour like a ton of dirt over it. Right, and that's it. And that car's gone and they just get another beater. That's right. cool. Yeah. 
It was, it was, they definitely like, they'd never done this before, but they definitely had this planned out to a T. But then, of course, all plans never go the way you think they're going to go. Yeah. But, yeah. Spoiler alert. Well, now I, mean, I know. Come on. A, it's now these guys just don't get away scot free. Yeah, talk. right. Something's got to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that it would end. <laughs> <laughs> we saved the farm, ma. Oh, well, she's dead. Oh. But, yeah. Spoiler alert. All right. All right. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I'll go. I'll, all right. Oh, you were gonna go. I can go if you want. If you want I'll me go. to I'll last go. fight. Uh, I watched a little movie called Cop Car this week. Oh, okay. nice. Um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ba- see that for a while. Starring Kevin Bacon, um, a couple young kids who you've never heard of, um, James Friedson Jackson, Hayes Welford, huge um, Welford fan. <laughs> Directed by John Watts, who I just, uh, I was just looking up. I didn't realize this. He's going to direct the new Spider-Man Homecoming movie for oh, Marvel. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, you yeah. know what? I did know that. He's part of that new... New crop. The new crop. Young like, director. They had one good indie film, so what he was a $200 million dollar blockbuster. He did uh, Clowns, which I've, never, which I've never seen. Clowns. Yeah, it was... Sounds scary. I don't think it is. Or, sorry, not Clowns. Clown. Singular. Clown. That sounds worse. Yeah, it's, that sounds more it's a, scary. Oh no, it is a, is a scary movie. Never mind. It's got to be a scary movie. It <laughs> it's called Clown. It's just about a comedian. I thought it was. I thought, the, I thought it was something. Who's also a murderer. Um. Anyway, yeah. So this guy's like up and coming. Um. So the movie takes place in Colorado, and when you think present day, when you think Colorado, you think like mountains, right? Like mm-hmm. Rockies. Well, this place takes place in like the plains of Colorado, so everything's flat. There are planes in Colorado? I guess so. I've never been. Um, well, I mean, I, I've been to, Den- like, certain parts of Colorado, like, aren't very cold and, like, a lot of snow. It's in the mountains that are cold. Really? Yeah, like, I've been to, like, if you go, like, I went to Denver one time uh, for snowboarding. I went, we snowboarded all, you know, all week, and then we, it was, like, you know, snowing, 30 degrees. Sure. We went, to, came back to Denver, it was, like, 75. Really? Yeah, because Col- the, the lower part of Colorado borders New Mexico. So Colorado is kind of a weird state in the way it's huh. laid out. Anyway, enough about Colorado. Um, <laughs> this message brought Colorado to you yeah, right. by the Colorado <laughs> Board of Tourism. Um, Rocky Mountain High. Right. Uh, so the basic premise of the movie is it starts off with these two kids. Um, they're, you never you never really get an idea of how old they are, but but they're like by the way that they talk to each other and the way that they act, they're not nowhere older than like ten or eleven. They're they're like young kids. Okay, yeah. um, you get to you get this idea by like they're like talking to each other about like curse words and they're like saying them out loud, kind of like they've never been allowed to say them before. Right, yeah, they're like saying like all the all signs, all, you know, like curse words like fuck shit and they're like oh that's <laughs> that's the word like the one time he says fuck he's like oh that's the worst one. Like uh, okay, that type of stuff. Yeah, sure. So you get that idea, and just like the way they're basically they're running away from home, and they've been aw- they've been away for like an hour, and they're already like talking about what they're going to do, and like if they think somebody's looking for them. Like, are they like abused, or are they just two no, brat, just, brat kids? Yeah, two away. brat kids just having fun, and okay. they and they think what they're doing is like way more like serious than it is like they're, oh we're running away like oh is that th- they're running away from home yeah yeah like oh we're running away like we're, we're running away from the cops like people are probably looking for us blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. right but nobody even knows they're right gone nobody yet. even knows they're gone they've been gone for like 15 minutes like nobody right. even knows that they're gone yet um so as they're you know walking through the plains they notice a cop car 
and they immediately are like, oh my God, the cops, they found us, like throw onto us. So they hide for a second um, and then they like throw like a stick at it, stick at the cop car <laughs> to see if like it will like do anything and nothing happens. So I'm like, oh my, oh my God, wait, our fingerprints are on the stick. So like, like just that type of stuff, you realize like these kids like don't know. They have, like, they have no concept of like the real world. Right. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, they go grab the stick and they run back and then they realize that like nothing's happening and they realize that nobody's in this cop car. Mm-hmm. So immediately that's that's like the coolest thing in the world to them. So they get in the cop car and they're like, you know, sitting in it like like acting like they're driving. Like if you can't see at home, Ray is pretending <laughs> to drive. Right. <laughs> so, you know, just having fun like little kids would. And then they notice that the keys are in the car. Oh and they're like uh, oh shit. Those like, trusting Midwestern. They're like, should we should we drive it? And, and this is just in the middle of a field, right? Okay. Well, it's not. It's in the middle of a. It's in the middle of a field, but kind of around like some like a. There's like a little tree line, mm-hmm. and it's like in like a grove where the tree line is. So it's kind of hidden, but not really. Sure. I mean, if you're walking through this field, you would see it. So the one kid is definitely more aggressive than the other one is. Like, oh, let's do this. And the other one's, like, oh, I don't know. We should drive this cop car. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. So they start driving. These kids are just having a great time. They're driving the cop car like through these fields. They're flipping on the siren. They're like, they're doing like uh, Chinese fire drills. They're like getting out while the car's moving and like getting back in, changing spots. Right. They're having a grand old time. So then we flash back to Kevin Bacon's character, who is a cop, mm-hmm. and we see why he leaves that car there. And what he's up to some shady stuff. Right, yeah. Like why would a uh, okay. car and, just be empty? Right. Yeah. And he ends up leaving the cop car for, I guess, you know, maybe a half hour, 40 minutes, and he comes back, and it's gone. Right. And the rest of the movie is basically him trying to cover his tracks because, you know, I don't want to give away what he did, but he did something, and he doesn't want the police department to know that his cop car is has been stolen. Right. Doesn't want to explain why he was out in the woods. Sure, yeah. Um he ends up contacting the kids on like a radio and he's like, you guys are in big trouble. Like you don't know what you did. And they're like, like they think they're about to go to jail for like 50 years. So they're like, sure. Like talking about what they're going to do, but you know, all that kind of stuff. So it takes you down a kind of a rabbit hole and and it's kind of like a lot of parallel editing. So you like, you never really see Kevin Bacon and the kids until like the end of the movie. It's like they're different stories Mm -hmm. going on the whole time. Um, and I just thought, I thought the kids were great in it. Like, I thought they played off of each other real well. And, and like I said, they're young kids, and the, the acting was great. Kevin Bacon was great in his role. It's kind of like a, you don't know whether to root for him a little bit or, like, whether to hate him because, like... Yeah, he seems like it would be, like... He seems like it would be the, the villain, the way you explain it. But, like, I mean, it's Kevin Bacon, so there's also that kind of, like... Yeah, and you never really... Kevin Bacon, yeah. You never really get to, like... There's a whole backstory here with Kevin Bacon... And his character that they ne- that they don't really explain until the end. Yeah. And the whole movie, you're kind of like trying to th- like think about like why why is he doing this? What's going on? Like it would almost be I'm almost interested to see like how it got how he got to that point. Mm-hmm. And they kind of explain it, but not really. I mean, and that that was interesting to me. And there's not really many actors in it. I mean, it's Kevin Bacon, it's the kids, and there's a couple other people that they you know they encounter here or there. Uh, the movie takes place entirely like outside, like in these like fields in like rural Colorado. Um, and it was just, it was just very, very well done. Very short movie. It was only like 85 minutes. Oh, wow. So like it really gets to the point and it like grabs you right away. 
Um, yeah, I really liked it. I was really surprised by it. And like like I said, I didn't know this guy was going to direct the new Spider-Man, but he, I think I got big hopes for him. Right. It's, really right. Netflix. it's on HBO right now for free if you have HBO. Oh, nice. It was in the theaters, but uh, yeah, now it's on 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 uh, HBO. Yeah, that's on my. It's been on my to watch list, but it's been one of those uh, I just don't want to watch it right now kind of things. That, but if I knew it was eighty five yeah, minutes quick. the whole time, yeah, right, I'd have watched it, goes it by months fast. ago. Yeah. Uh, all right, great. Um, I have a I have an update. I forgot for the update segment, Tony. Yeah. The, there's a movie that I'd like to update. You should have said keep that around because. We're going to need it now. <laughs> yeah. Update. This is an update. Okay, so take it away now. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't just turn it off. <laughs> uh, so last week, Tony talked about the Barkley Marathons. Oh, right. Or the Barkley, yeah, the Barkley Marathons. Now, Ray wasn't. I wasn't here. Here no. for that, so. Uh, Ray, have you ever heard of the Barclay Marathons? Like, like Barclay, like the company? No, like, no. like Charles Barclay. Oh, is he part of it? No, no, he's not. No, you guys have talked to me about it briefly after you said you both watched it, but I've I don't never heard of it. Yeah, um, everything Tony said was the truth. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I watched that movie twice over the past uh, since the last since last week. It, it is excellent. It's just an excellent documentary. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you want, if you want to know more about it, listen to last week's show where Tony goes uh, fairly in depth on it. But I, I watched it, and then um, I had my wife, who was a runner, she watched it, uh, and she also really enjoyed it. It was just a, a lot of it's fun. A, it's a documentary. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's, it's basically a it's documentary about, uh, about the hardest trail race Tony, in the is, world. This is my segment. Well, now. I'm just. <laughs> you had. You're your taking week. too long. Is yeah. it a marathon that they run? They run like it's five marathons. Oh, like it's a super marathon. It's an ultra marathon, yeah. Ultra marathon. But it's also a trail run through the through the woods. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's one of the better documentaries I've seen in a long time. There's, it's one of the examples of a documentary where um, there's no bad guy other than the race is the the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no bias on either side of it you know like there's no one trying to get a a motive across it's just hey here's this race and here are some of the people trying to complete it well yeah that's the beauty of it because like until the very end of the race everybody pretty much like works together and and tries to help each other out because the race is almost so impossible to complete that everybody there's like a sense of camaraderie that they're all in it together and then whoever whoever ends up at the end there it's then it turns into like okay i gotta beat this guy yeah but that's yeah the the race is about 25 or so years old and at the time of when they shot the documentary only 10 people had ever completed it wow what's it called the barkley marathons the race that eats its young (laughs) is the subtitle nice that's the end of the update segment wow what an update okay so then this week in film (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Way to so, play us out there. So this week in film, because it's Halloween, I decided to watch a movie about robots. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's a new show on TV on the HBO called Westworld. Yes, it's fantastic. That's, that's what I've heard. 
Um, it's based off the TV show is based off of a Michael Crichton book. But did you know that there was a movie made in the seventies based on the Michael Crichton book? Wait, was it, was it a book? Here. I thought it was. I thought it was just a movie. I'm. It was Michael Crichton. So I was assuming it was. I'm pretty a book. sure it's. He just wrote a screen like he just wrote a screenplay and directed the movie. I don't think it was ever a novel, but I could be wrong. There's a movie that's neither here nor there. There's a movie called Westworld that Michael Quite Michael Quighton wrote it. <laughs> um, I just assumed it was based on one of his books because everything else is, but um, I'm probably wrong. Um, 1973, Michael Crichton directed this movie. Uh, it stars James Brolin, Richard Benjamin, and Yul Brynner, with a few other people sprinkled in there. Um, basically, it takes place in the futuristic world of 1983. Wow. Um, now, this is like a spoiler alert for the movie, but also for the TV show, because... Uh, while I haven't seen the show yet, I assume it's going to explore all of the same things that the movie went into. And while the TV show may take five years to get done, this movie was 85 minutes long. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. This movie gets a lot of uh, crap for being like a cheesy, terrible sci-fi movie. Yeah, our own uh, Charlie Chester was telling me about it a couple weeks ago, and he said it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, I could not disagree more. I Dude, well, who, who you know, agrees with what he says? He's anyway. not even on the show right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever he says has no credence, you know. Um, he's only written a book, and uh, Boy Zero available at Amazon.com. <laughs> um, but um, basically the plot of the movie and I'm only talking about the movie is um, it's 1983. There's a futuristic theme world or three separate theme worlds. One is Roman world. One is medieval world and one is West world. Uh, and each world caters to a different kind of lifestyle. So like the West world is the old West. Uh, Roman world is ancient Rome and medieval world is medieval times basically and it costs a thousand dollars a day and i went to the inflation calculator and did the math and today's money it's like five and a half thousand dollars a day to go to west world um i don't know how that adds up with the well, tv show but the tv show at one point they somebody does mention that it's like uh 40 grand a day i think they say and inflation Inflation shows that that but, is I mean, not the I, value that you think it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you go to the theme park, and let's say it, like me and Ray went to the theme park. Tony would be a, a robot, yeah. a, a very future, a very realistic robot that we wouldn't be able to tell if he was real or not. And the only thing that gives him away is his hands. Like I guess something to, they can't get the hands right. Um, not, but but they don't say anything about the weird glowy eyes that they all have. Anyway, um, so basically things go wrong. The robots run amok and start killing everybody. Um, and it's up to and James Broland and this other guy get caught up in in the whole mess and they're trying to survive. So that's the plot of Westworld. Now I'm going to get into the spoilers of the movie because it's 50, 40 years old. Um so, do you guys watch the show? Or? I do. I do, yes. All right, then I'm going to ruin it for you. 
So the well, uh, you don't know if you're gonna ruin it. For yeah, you. I don't know if I'm gonna ruin it for you. I don't know who any of the characters in the show are. So anyway, uh, like I said, it's written directed by Michael Crichton, and every Michael Crichton movie, one of the popular ones you've ever seen, is in this movie. Like Jurassic Park, it looks like he just ripped off this movie to make Jurassic Park, where instead of robots, it's dinosaurs. I mean, they even have the line in the movie "spared no expense." The movie is is very well done. I don't know why people don't like it. It it was fun. It's got the seventies style violence where like if I shoot you, red paint starts pouring out of your body. Um, but I, I like I said, I don't understand why people don't like it. It was silly and it was fun, and it's so quick. Can I ask you a question, please? Because uh, I'm drowning here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask a question about the TV show um, and how it relates. So in the first episode, this isn't too big of a spoiler, but in the first episode, you pretty much find out that um, each day basically resets for like the robots. So is that the case in in the world? Like they're like kind of narrative, like just kind of resets from day to day? Yes. Thank you, Tony, because I, I was in trouble there. I was really I was in some kind of a death spiral. <laughs> Um, your plane stalled and now yeah. you've righted the ship. So James Brolin and his and his buddy get to they go to Westworld. And in Westworld, everything but them and maybe three other people are all robots. They don't know who are the robots. Uh, even the horses are fake. But every night when they go to sleep, all of the robots shut down and like Disney magic. I think the whole movie is supposed to, is, is de- it's clearly supposed to be analogistic mm-hmm. to Disney world. How every night at Disney world, they reset everything and, and fix everything up. Um, but they take all the robots out. Any robots that are having malfunctions get replaced with identical robots. Okay. Um, for instance, Yul Brynner plays the gunslinger and he's the man in black basically and every day he's alive again uh to cause trouble or to to create some sort of situation where where you have to save the day that if you if you couldn't see at home i did like a quick draw thing on ray right he was dead to rights <laughs> there is a character like that in the in the in the tv show oh, played okay. by ed harris played by ed harris yes yeah. oh really okay yeah i could totally see that yeah um and so as as the movie goes on there are more and more problems with the robots. Now, the one thing that I liked about the movie is the scientists who run the place mm-hmm. realize that there's a problem. They, and I guess it's one of the, it's before the term computer virus was invented because that's what's happening. There's some sort of computer virus in, infecting everything, but they don't call it that, but they say, all right, let, we'll let, we don't, we're not going to let any more people in here. We're going to let these people finish their vacation, and then we're going to shut down and just say we're overbooked, which was better than, like, that um, cliche of, ah, everything's fine, like the Jaws thing. We're like, everything's fine. Let right. people keep coming. Like, they recognize there's a problem. They're going to kind of let it play it out for the next couple of days and then and then shut it down. doesn't work out for them, but... But I, I like that. There was like a sense of realism to it. All of the people that worked there were were all working towards a common goal. There wasn't someone who was undermining like, I'm the one writing the code. Right. You know, it was just there was a problem with the computer code because the computers are making computers and an error happened along the way. Sure, just like anything. Um, 
But some of the stuff that was was corny was they go to um, a brothel. James Brolin and his buddy go to a brothel, and you know they an, uh, immediately hook up with two women of the night. And Michael Crichton cannot shoot a sex sequence to save his life. Oh, my God. Oh, it is really bad. It's basically um, the, the, the buddy, whose name I can't remember and don't want to look down at my phone to look up, um, rolling around on the bed in different directions for every, and it just slowly fades. It's like dissolve to rolling to the right, dissolve to rolling to the left. Well, did you ever see that? Uh, that sounds very similar to the, uh, the scene. It, there was a deleted scene in Jurassic park, Dr. Sattler and, um, <laughs> and the Velociraptor <laughs> got it on. Yeah. And they just kind of rolled around. I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah. It's in the, it's powerful, deluxe DVD powerful version. stuff. You know in Jurassic Park 3 where Dr. Grant talks to the Velociraptor? Yeah. It's like that. And afterwards, the Velociraptor smoking a cigarette talking in, about his feelings. Yes. And Goldblum is just laying there with his legs, like, unoperable, yes. Pouring water over Harry Hairy chest just... But um, I don't really have anything to add. It was just a cool sci-fi story that... I mean, it definitely seems really like, ramps up real quick, like in the in the third and final act, and then it just ends. Yeah, it's over. I mean, the way you're explaining it is so. Far, I mean, the, the TV show is only three episodes in, but so far it's pretty much staying to that. Yeah. I mean, you have a feeling something bad is about to happen, but it hasn't happened yet yeah. in the show. So, yeah, it's definitely a movie. Like, uh, I'm excited to watch the show because there's a lot of themes in the in the movie that could have been explored, but they wisely just stick to the basics it's a very cut and dry movie and that's why it gets kind of a bad rap and it's got a lot of western cliches but that was like the point of it like roman world is all people dressed in togas and and things like that and the medieval world is people with sword it's you know swords and shields i can um, definitely see why like michael crichton took this idea and made jurassic park out of it only because to me this idea seems like to do Westworld justice, I feel like the TV show, even though I'm only like an episode in, it seems like it's doing a good job at showing a complicated kind of complex story. Yeah. Whereas Jurassic Park is just like, we have an amusement park full of dinosaurs. And it's kind of like the same idea, right. but like a simpler concept of it. So, um, yeah. Uh, I can he, definitely see why he kind of just took that same idea and rolled it out. In yeah, you can tell form. that he hadn't said all that he wanted to say about amusement parks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I per like I love the TV show and I think it's, it has a potential to be like a great great show. Whether it ends up being one or not is still way up in the air. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, the whole concept of it, I think, is just like you know you don't see. I mean, I guess it's not a new concept because it was a movie at one point. Um, but it's cool to like, I'm a big science fiction fan and it's cool to see like original ideas and stuff like that, that really, you know, cause like, yeah. and, and also, I mean, this is something that, I mean, way down the line, but this is something that could possibly, you know, be some, some, a place that people go to at one point in the future. I mean, like I said, not, yeah, no, any, I... and not anytime soon, but like making robots and making androids and stuff. That's stuff that people are working on right now. I, I totally agree. Watching the movie. I wanted to go to Westworld. Right. I, I was like, this looks totally fun. Uh, I also was watching the Blu-ray of it, and it looks great. It looks great. Josh, James Brolin looks just, 
Josh Brolin looks just like James Brolin to the point where it's kind of tough to see the the difference oh, really? between them. Um, and then his buddy, you think the whole time should just be played by Adam Scott, and Yul Brenner is Yul Brenner. Um, but I I completely agree. I would love to go to Westworld. That would be so cool to play Wild West cowboys for and just like a week you know slaughter people for yeah. fun yeah and have sex with whoever you yeah, want there's, there's no rules and and at one point one of the guys gets arrested um and he's like oh, i'm in jail and then they have to break him out of jail right. you know like like a fun jailbreak in the west yeah do whatever you want and then the next day there's no problems there's no hangovers yeah, nothing like reset. that yeah yeah everything resets even even you so Westworld, definitely check it out. 85 minutes. You can't really go wrong. Um, that brings us to the next part of the show called Tony's Third Degree Question. Uh, Tony, we got a suggestion for a new name from listener Matt. He yeah. says we should call it Tony's Trick or Treat. <laughs> oh, that's timely. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, Considering this is Tony's last appearance on the show, we probably won't be using that. <laughs> More like Tony's <laughs> trick i can't turn that into a terrible pun um give it time but last week's question was what what's your favorite horror movie was your question from last week that's right um and uh we had quite a few responses scott c says he'd like to nominate the movie redneck zombies okay uh he says it's a definite gem and it was filmed somewhat locally now, he lives in Germany, so I don't know if that means it was shot in Germany or from around Delaware, where we are all from. Uh, he also recommends Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, which I have to disagree with. <laughs> I, I watched about 15 minutes of that movie like a few years ago, and it's a trauma movie. Oh, okay, yeah. Who Charlie Charlie's apparently used to about, work yeah. for. Um, and it's really hard to to sit through i i thought it would be like a lot of fun and it wasn't it was tough to watch but scott recommends it uh barbara uh g uh she says she avoids horror movies as a rule <clears throat> excuse me but her favorite is night of the living dead because it's more cheesy than horror that's a classic yeah uh, Jill P says Krampus, which I could not agree more with. I loved Krampus. I still haven't seen more of a Christmas yeah. movie than a, than a Halloween movie. Well, a horror movie was the question, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's that spooky time of year. Uh, but definitely, Krampus was great. A lot of cool effects. Uh, but she also says Paranormal Activity scared her pretty good. And it it Paranormal Activity, the first one, scared the crap out of me. Oh, me too. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was afraid to go home. Yeah. I was really messed up by that movie. Yeah. Shut up, I, Tony. I, I totally agree. I That movie, like, floored me. I saw it in college, and then like I went back to my college house, and was like a little kid trying to go to yeah. sleep. Yeah, but man. I, I I get scared very easily though. So, uh, Jeff H says the original Exorcist. Yeah, he said when he saw that as a kid, it made his the hair stand up on his arm. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, Exorcist is a total yeah. classic. Anything that involves like religion and stuff, like you, you got to stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen the Omen. Uh, I've, I've never. the original one. It's yeah. so it's so freaky. I watched the Exorcist um, freshman year of college in the middle of the day uh, with my roommate. Like, was I say freshman year, and we sat there with our jaws dropped the whole time, and just oh my god, 
This is awful. This is horrifying. And it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. We skipped lunch yeah. for it. I you're remember. You're gonna watch a horror movie and you're scared. Easily watch it during the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. But you know a movie's good if it's still scary yeah. during the day. It freaked That's me out. Right. And, and in fact, um, for one of our video reviews. When, when I did the video editions for the This Week in Film podcast available on YouTube, um, I used one clip from The Exorcist in one of them where the the Linda Blair pukes. Yeah. yeah. And I ended up watching half the movie, and I was working on that in the middle of the night, and it was freaking – I had to turn it off because it was creeping me out so bad. I started doing that thing where you think you hear somebody in the hallway. Oh, yeah, dude. Your mind starts playing tr- tricks on you. Yeah. Uh, and then Dan Moran says Poltergeist scared the crap out of him as a kid. Yeah, same with me. Poltergeist, um, the whole trilogy, to me, is is classic, like, what you want out of a horror series. Because the first one, obviously, doesn't need to be said. Scary. It's awesome. It's it, it's it's got, you know, like, thrill scares. It's got creepiness. But the second and third ones, like, they go down so far, like, as far as being, like, Kind of cheesy. What's the one with the mirrors? That's the third one. Yeah, which that is like one scared the crap out of me. As really? yeah, yeah. I, oh, I saw them all as I was a kid. Yeah, so. I yeah. love the third. I've one. I've never just seen anyone I, but the first one. Oh, oh, the second and third one aren't. They're not ter- like they're not like throwaways. Like they're still good movies. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah the second, oh. the second one is 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 a solidly scary movie until the end. It has one of the worst endings I've ever seen in a horror <laughs> movie. But well, three. Three has got like that '90s horror feel, but it deals a lot with mirrors, and it's like very freaky, just kind of creepy. Yeah. But the backstory to Poltergeist is also like kind of creepy too, because of like how many people died, like on the set, and like the the little girl. The little girl died before third. The third one was done, and like they just they basically just had to end that movie. Didn't the mom die too? Or I think a lot of people have died. You know who's still alive though? Craig T. That's right. Yeah, Coach. Coach. (laughs) Well, which. Makes Coach seem a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan also uh, recommends The Gate, which uh, has come up a lot recently. No, just The Gate, uh, which is a movie I never saw, but it's it's like a kid horror movie kind of along the lines of um, Monster Squad or uh, just another horror movie just like kid-focused. Mm, Not so much kid focused, but um, Red Letter Media just did like a one of their review segments on it, and I watched it. It's funny that Dan mentioned it almost the same day, but um, the gate is basically about a group of kids that find the pit to hell in their backyard, and there's like a lot of cool effects. It's supposed to be pretty creepy. but uh, and then he says it may have been the height of Stephen Dorff's career, right? Because Stephen Dorff plays the lead, and he's like uh, nine. Uh, and finally, uh, Matt L says his favorite horror movie is The Descent. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I've never I have, seen uh, I haven't seen it either. He loves it. He's talked about it a few times. People under the ground. The yeah, end. the cave movie. Uh, a movie that I would just like to quickly mention that. Uh, has always scared me and uh, I think it's still to this day the scariest movie I have ever seen is called Session 9 have you guys ever seen it I've heard oh, of it that's like the tapes uh, yeah it, uh, David Caruso the guy from uh, CSI Miami is right. the star of it is it like found footage type no, of no trade, it's, just, it's, it's about this as, asbestos crew um, that uh, is cleaning out this old mental hospital um, and 
the there's obviously some weird it, it, it's abandoned but there's some spirits in there and they start messing with it kind of like along long lines of the shining and they kind of like start messing with their heads the mm-hmm. crew okay it's very very creepy what's that, when did it come out uh, I think 2001 like, yeah, like, like late, late 90s, early 2000s. Scariest movie you've ever seen, huh? in, in my opinion. I mean, that's wow. just me. And I'm scared right. very easily, but it's it's a very creepy, creepy movie. Uh, Session 9. And I'll, Session nine. I'll throw out um, the scariest movie experience that I had in a theater, besides Paranormal Activity, was the first uh, Grudge. Okay. The Grudge. Okay. Scared the crap out of me. Um, it was... It, it was me and my friend Matt, and we went and saw it, and it was something about the night that we went where you were just primed for something oh, scary. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a weird thing going on in the corner of the theater, and we're, like, goofing off, like, what is that creepy thing? And then the movie, my neck hurt for three days because I was mashing my head into the chair trying to get away from the movie oh. so much. Yeah, The Grudge really freaked me out. The Grudge 2 was really terrible. I've never been able to sit through the first grudge again. It just bothers me. Um, all right. So, Tony, for the last time and first time, what's your this week's Tony's Trick or Treat? <laughs> um, well, hmm. Let's see. What, what do we cover today? Uh, talk Taylor Modern High Water. Modern talk- Westerns. Let's talk. Let's. Westerns. Yeah, let's talk about Western, Westworld. Mm, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, amusement <laughs> park. What's your favorite Western dinosaur movie? What's your favorite amusement <laughs> park? <laughs> now, uh, let's. That's not a bad question, too. That's pretty good. Movies that take place in, in an amusement park? Or just what's your favorite well, amusement park? Well, I don't we'll get want, free tickets. I don't want 10 people saying. Uh, Three Ninjas High Noon. Oh, I mean, <laughs> High, noon come at, on. High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> yes. Great, great movie. I'm a big Three Ninjas fan. Tony, Tony, Terry Hulk Hogan is the bad guy. You know what? That's a, let's go with that. Favorite movie that takes place at an amusement park because I want to see what, what Carnivals, kind of... Carnivals count? Carnivals, yeah. Circus, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Favorite, Favorite movie that takes place in those. Amusement cities. park movie. All right. And Ray. What's this week's? Oh, I get a question. Tony's not coming back next week. Yeah, right. Now, if you could come back and listen to the answers within the next six weeks, that would be great. (laughs) You never heard last week's the the four hundred answers to what's your favorite sports? I did not hear it. There were a lot. Um, Okay. Well, this week, this week, my question is: uh, since my movie dealt with uh, uh, kid actors. what is your favorite movie? Now, not like a kids movie, but your favorite like adult movie that has kids as not the main characters or like crucial characters, right? Uh, you know, movies that stand out would be like Stand by Me, Coming of Age Tale. Yeah. Oh, so you're talking like kids together, not like I. That's what popped out at me was like. Sixth Sense type, like Haley Joe Osmond was a strong no, child. No, I'm talking about like kids something. playing off each other. Okay, like, like kids so. acting with kids. Okay, a like a children. Like a good example would be the show Stranger Things, not, yes. not a movie, but it's a show. Sure, right. But that that type of thing with a group of kids, like Super Eight, would be an example of that. Okay. Goonies. Goonies, yeah. Um, movies like that where kids are are forced to act together, right. not with adults. Okay, and cool. and they do, and there's a lot of movies where the kids do a good job. What's your favorite grown-up, kid-centric movie? Right. There you go. 
good way to put it. All right. Okay. Well, if you're listening to us on the podcast radio network, thanks for tuning in. We're on here every Wednesday night at 1030, right after Let's Talk Flicks. Uh, You can find us on your favorite podcasting app. If you look and you can't find us, uh, let us know. We'll get we'll get put on that somehow. Um, answer Ray and Tony's questions on Facebook, Twitter, Please. and thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. You can find out anything you'd like to know about us on at thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. Anything, anything, little bits. And uh, guys, have any plugs? We already plugged Charlie book once. No, I got no plugs. Nothing. Nothing? Yeah, I got nothing either. If you have anything you want us to plug, let us know. Perhaps a charity event, or you want to give us money. Um, we, we take all forms of We don't even money. have to make an announcement. You can just give us money. Right. Yeah. Just right. to support the show and yeah. our business expenses. Tony won't be getting any of it anymore. Right. I so. would highly, highly suggest that you don't send any money <laughs> to these guys. Whatever money you send us will be coming to Nick and Ray and whoever our new co-host will be. It's not going to be Charlie because he's still not around. Um, but if that's the end of the reel, fellas, we'll see you next week in film. Still tuning in, huh? Later. <laughs> right. It's been real. See ya. Oh, I get it. Like a pun.